0: Today, we're dealing with the elephant in the sanctuary that, sadly, many evangelicals refuse to relinquish their pride and simply deal with. Talking about race, and if the science is true concerning dogs and their inability to see color, what does that say about those of us that choose to ignore the blatant racial divide in this country? This is Dr. E.C. Brown, and you're listening to the Stay Focused Radio Show.
1: disparities are so far gone Don't take life for granted It's no coincidence, we still standing up But we gotta keep the fight Till the US make it right Till them boys in blue see the light This been George Floyd, this for Mike Brown No, I can't be stopped, I will not pipe down We need a change now I fit the description but I'm not guilty, y'all got to feel me Hop at the description oh, I'm not guilty, please do not kill me Hop at the description Please listen to my alibi Description This ain't how a man should die Must be dreaming. Same shit, different day. They must be scheming. Everything is not what it be seeming. Oh, give me something to believe in. So let's rewrite the story. No more giving prejudice than glory. It shouldn't matter if I'm black or blue. I got my hands up, don't shoot. They say equality is free, but how can I be free if I can't breathe? No, I don't wanna pay the price. Not if I gotta pay with my life oh, I'll the description I'm not guilty, y'all got to feel me I'll in yeah. the description I'm not guilty, please do not kill me Hop in the description Please listen to my alibi description Cause this ain't how a man should die Y'all got to feel me. Yeah. The I said I'm not guilty. Please do not kill Copy me. The Please listen to my alibi.
2: Prescription. This ain't how it is.
3: Address of the emergency?
2: 162, Black Hawk. Tell me exactly what happened. So there's a So there's a guy walking south on 162 near the bus stop. He looks dirty. He might be a bad person. Okay, don't approach him. Okay, if you need to, just drive away. I don't want you to go near him. Were any weapons involved, or mentioned? No. Okay, I already have a call in. Okay, I need to get his full description. What race is he?
4: No. I'm
0: Hello and great day everyone, that was Liko Savage with the song entitled Description and I believe that it is truly a heartfelt song detailing the emotional drain upon what we know as Black America. As we continue our discussion today about race relations um, and racism, I just want to make it clear today that uh, I believe that racism is about making quick judgments Uh, Based on the characteristics of a race, either to rate them as inferior or superior, you know, demonstrating partiality or bias. And if you don't believe it, I want you to know that racism is a problem that we can't ignore or run away from. It's an issue today and it was an issue throughout history, including the Bible. Um, The word of the Lord says in Romans 10 and 12. Uh, it says that there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. And so for today's daily perspective, I want to just remind you that even if you are dealing or having a hard time comprehending and understanding or wrapping your your head around the, the events of today is that I believe the solution is that we should call upon the Lord Uh, That's right. We should call upon the Lord for he will not only hear our prayer, but he will also answer. And so as we continue with today's show, got some great uh, guests today on our show. We have um, with us today, Pastor Rusty Price of the Camino Church located in Charlotte, North Carolina, a multicultural ministry, uh, which is impacting the community and growing by leaps and bounds. It literally, in my opinion, it literally looks like heaven on earth also have with us today for our economic uh, empowerment uh segment uh pastor shannon mccray she's going to be with us um today uh talking about confidence and credit um and you know we also have some great music coming up for you hope you enjoy it uh so we're going to take a small commercial break and we'll be right back after this
5: have you been looking for a place to call home Need a place that makes you feel welcomed and valued? At Freedom Ministries Church and Outreach, our community is waiting for people just like you to find their way home. We invite you to visit during our Sunday worship experience to discover how Freedom Ministries can help you spread your wings in our friendly and empowering worship environment. Visit Pastors Brian and Jacqueline Lowe along with the Freedom Ministries Church and Outreach family this Sunday for our 10 o'clock service located at 2353 Concord Lake Road, Suite 124 Concord, North Carolina, 28025. Freedom Ministries Church and Outreach. Your spiritual home away from home. This is Dennis
0: Reed, and you're listening to the Stay Focused Radio Show with Dr. E.C. Brown, your Kingdom
6: Heart Specialist. Let's go.
4: Too much to stay to be hated, degraded, tripping out no. over who she's dating. Sad when you lose the ones you love, cause of the one you choose to love. Come on, y'all, why you gotta be hating? Come on, y'all, why you gotta I be hating? Can't stop hatin'? the love.
7: What color you are It's all about The kind of lover you are kind of I guess it's all the are. same When they love you, huh? And it's not a game Putting trust in your arms No harm When it comes to Black and white charm Teachers and surgeons We're all here together But we're all one person Different tastes No need to waste time Searching for the one Who got the same Skin tone as mine
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Stay Focused Radio Show. Uh, for our guest today, I have with me none other than the phenomenal, anointed, uh, you know, he's down to earth, even though he's probably looking like all these accolades, because he is just that humble. I am talking about my dear brother in the Lord, Pastor Rusty Price. Welcome to the show, sir.
3: Hey, man. My <laughs> brother, Edmund. I am honored to be on this show finally. And for everyone listening, just know I've been requesting to be on the show for like five years, and uh, just keep putting me off.
0: <laughs> you are such a blessing, Pastor. Um, you know, uh, Pastor Rusty pastors a phenomenal ministry here in the city of Charlotte um, into uh, called Camino Church, correct? That's correct. Camino Church. Can you tell us a little bit more about your ministry?
3: Yeah. So so right now, I believe our our church is a beautiful demonstration of a little bit of what heaven's going to be like. Yes, we um, we are bilingual and Mm multi-ethnic and a little bit crazy (laughs) Uh, church that we love God. We love our community. And it's been a, it's been a God-led journey to get to the place we are. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't of my design or my vision. It was, it was kind of like broken roads that led us to the place where we
0: are today. That's good. That's good. Um, you know, so, because so many times, you know, in leadership, it is so drilled in the, in us, um, what Habakkuk says to, you know, write the vision and make it plain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes, a lot of times as leaders, we get confused that in writing the vision, it is ultimately his vision that we are writing and not what we want for ourselves. That's All right. And you
3: you know, what is it Proverbs says that man can make his plans, but God directs his steps. Yes. Yes. And, and uh, I think, that, that's real that's real uh appropriate to, to what's happened with us.
0: Yes, sir. And so how, how long has the church been in existence?
3: So so here's our crazy story, right? Um a little over twenty years ago, my wife and I started a Spanish speaking church in Charlotte. We had we had uh felt called as missionaries to Cuba, so sold everything we had, quit our jobs. Stepped out by faith, went down to Mexico, lived there for a while to learn Spanish, ate some chili peppers, and it made us forget English. And then we just, <laughs> you know, just jumped into this world that was um, was not ours, right? I mean, we were um, I'm a son of the South, <laughs> you know, yep, yep. born white, uh, white church, white experience, but was always taught this compassion for the world, compassion for missions. And uh, so we answered that call and that kind of began this journey and and, uh, missionaries to Cuba for a long time. But um, Cuba was wouldn't allow us to stay there full time. So we were in and out, had this Spanish speaking church. Gotcha. And um, my father, who's pastored a couple churches in town, he actually started a church in Concord and um, great church called Concord. Kingsway Baptist Church and it grew bought a big bought 30 acres built buildings um but again I was I had already uh in my mind self identified as this latino guy right and so I I had, I'd so embraced the culture and language that I was engulfed in it and so church for me in the in the spanish speaking community became what my reality was. It was very very different from what I grew up in, you know. Gotcha. Um, my the my father's church, a wonderful church, lovely people, but uh white schedule, white music, you know, white <laughs> white issues, white, you know, it was it was very much focused on the people, the vast majority of the people that went to the church. Gotcha. And um So my father, looking to retire, asked if I would come and uh, consider pastoring that church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the concept was that I would leave the Latino church, call another pastor, and then I would go and join his staff, work with him for a while, and then transition to be the pastor there. And probably most of the world would have thought, oh, wow, that's a big step up. But I didn't see it that way. Because for me, it was like, man, I love my people. I love my church. And quite frankly, you know, it's like, I don't know if I even like white people no more. Uh, (laughs) You know, church was so different. And um, it it was just a really, I didn't have any desire at all to do that. And so, you know, he asked if I'd pray about it. My wife and I prayed. And this for the first time in our lives, Edmund, God we felt God was calling us to do something that we really didn't want to do. Yeah. You know, other times he'd call us to things and we had a desire. We, we may be afraid or, you know, had to consider the cost, but this time I did not want to do that. But we were convinced that God wanted us to go. But at the same time, we knew that God didn't want us to leave. So we said, you know, we'll go, but we're bringing the congregation with us. Let's merge the churches. That was when everything got interesting, right? So my dad was all in. He thought, man, this is great. Let's do it. And um, so I came. Church called me as pastor. We agreed to merge the churches. We started uh, the big campaign was We Are One. And then a bunch of our dear, wonderful brothers in Christ in the English-speaking church were like, we're not one, you may be, but we're not. And so people begin to leave. Oh, wow. And and we had, you know, this, this huge exodus and, um, you know, it was really, really difficult to see people that I'd known for years, respect, respected and, you know, very few people were just mean and ugly. Yeah. But, but very diplomatically would leave and then on the backside of it, you'd hear was like, you know, I didn't sign up to be in a Mexican church. <laughs> and I don't know what that is anyway, but. Um, so, you know, we just we we said, well, Lord, here we are. Um, we believe you've called now. What are you going to do? Well, one of the things that uh, was a little bit uh, intimidating for me was the church, large church, large you know, footprint but also had large debt, 5.5 million in debt. And, um, the word large is relative. If you've got mm-hmm. big yeah. offerings coming in, it may not feel large. Right. But when all the people began to leave, they took their money with them and we couldn't pay the bills. And it was just, it was just devastating. I mean, we yes. had to lay off staff and, you know, church is so relational every step that, we had to take would offend somebody, which, it you know, it just exacerbated the situation. So where, you know, it was a spiral down. And um, so I remember there, there was this point, Edmund, when, when my wife and I were looking at each other and like, there's no way we're going to make it. This is not going to, this isn't going to work. And this is going to be wonderful that my legacy will be, that me and my Latino friends went and killed my dad's good church. Mm. And um, we were a hundred thousand dollars behind on the mortgage and it was a small community bank and they were very interested in us paying them. And so we'd (laughs) had conversations and they'd given us a date and said, if we couldn't um, come up with something by this certain date, they were going to step in and take control of the property. And so I remember it was about 10 days before they were going to come take over the properties. We had uh, we we needed to come up with one hundred thousand and we were still having to cut things. We we didn't have any money. And a guy shows up on campus and uh, said he needed to buy fill dirt for a road project. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I didn't know you could sell dirt. And I'm like, yeah, we, we we would have sold, you know, we were selling anything we could sell to try to keep the lights on. And so I, I explained to him where we were financially. And um, he said, well, there's a really good vein of dirt that runs through, we think runs through your property. Let me check it out. And I'll come back. A couple of days later, he, he came back with a contract, $100,000 check in his hand and wow. uh, as a deposit. And we ended up selling Eight hundred thousand dollars worth of dirt on the pro- off of the property. Wow! And it was just you know you you, you know you. God says uh, uh, if you have faith, you can move a mountain. Yeah. Well, um, it, this property was hilly, and over the next couple of years, it it uh, God moved the mountain, but He doesn't just move it; He turned the dirt into to, to dollars, yeah. and it gave us the capacity to stay alive. And it was such a beautiful thing because then you see, wow, this is this is something that man could not have orchestrated. The timing yeah. of it, the, the the information we had, you know, if, if anybody really understood how overwhelming this was, how miraculous this was, I say it'll make an atheist say amen. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> like you couldn't deny that something special happened. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden you say, okay, well maybe God is really all about. Thy kingdom come, where thy kingdom is every tribe, tongue, and nation in unity, praising God together. Yes, And that gave us this great just confidence that, all right, God's got this good plan. And, and we did hear his call, and we are following him closely. That was, that was a big moment for us, and uh, the miracle continued. So then as soon as we were done selling land we had this big flat piece of ground, a charter school (laughs) comes up desperate to buy property because they'd already announced the opening of their school. But the uh, contract they had with another piece of property had fallen through. So we were able to sell land, reducing the debt. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. And so then we reduced our debt by half. And and then, you know, we were we were still going through attrition and becoming what God wanted us to be. And about uh, almost two years ago, I really sensed that God was leading us as a congregation to move from the campus where my father's church was to Mm -hmm. campus where the Spanish speaking church started, which is now our community center. And, um, and then I was thinking, man, if we could sell the properties, we would be debt free but we'd also be very focused. But at the same time, I realized that although my father was the founder of that church, that was not my property, right? We had the group of founding elders that Mm -hmm. um, had stayed faithful, you know, and they'd sacrificed and they had, they had given. And um, so I'm really, I really believe that, uh, as a leader, God may show me first, but that doesn't mean he's not showing others. And so I've always tried to to um be patient and and, and lead through unity. Mm-hmm. Because you know, there's only one Holy Spirit and He's not gonna tell me something different than He's telling you. If we're both listening to him about the same thing. Yeah. We'll yeah. be in unity, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, so i called uh, i called a meeting with all these uh, these families that were the founding elders and i was going to present to them this idea right hey guys mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think about moving from concord down to charlotte right, right in the university city area out of these beautiful facilities into old warehouses you know, it's like mm, the the more I said it in my head, the the worse it sounded, you know. <laughs> and so I had them all there and um all white, all over, you know, 60s. So so there's this, you know, this this profile that you would expect from these people. Yeah. And um and I swear, man, I couldn't get to the I couldn't get to the reason I called the meeting. I was going around circles, him-hawing around. I was more nervous than it was the first time I tried to get a kiss from a girl. I was just sweating. <laughs> and so so finally finally my my wife says, "Well, tell him why you brought him here." And so I'm like, "Well, okay." And I'm like, "Hey, uh guys, um um what would you think? You know, and I cast that vision of what would you think if we sold this property and we just get get all focused on the 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 the, the, the church, move the church to Charlotte." really focus on our missional component of how we're serving the community. And um and they all just look at me, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a it's kind of a white people thing sometimes. There's no there's no facial responses. Nobody showed me nothing. I, I thought I was at a mannequin convention, man. They're just looking at me. And so I'm like, well well before I was nervous, now I'm afraid. And I'm like, I'm not leaving without them telling me what they're thinking. So I told him, I said, Listen, whatever you say is what we will do because this is yours. It's not mine, but I really want to hear what you're thinking. So I started going around the circle and man, to my surprise, each one of them shared their story and they were unanimously in agreement that that's what God was calling us to do. The one that I thought would be the most adverse to the, to the idea Mm -hmm. Uh, the couple, the wife steps up and said, I've been telling my husband for a year we ought to just sell all this stuff and move over to the other property. You know, and it was like the chairman of our deacons said, You wow. know, my wife and I were watching news last night how churches in DC were selling properties and investing it in affordable housing. And I, I, man, I'm telling you, I almost, I almost passed out, fell over. And once again, it was one of those things, well, man, God's doing something special here. Yeah. So so we moved here to the Charlotte campus and uh, put the properties up for sale, and then in the middle of COVID, right? COVID mm-hmm. hits. Everything's. I'm like, oh snap, we're gonna go out of business again. And God stepped in again, and and we um, we were able to sell those properties completely debt free. Now we have that capital to invest. And leverage for the mission that God's called us to do, of really reaching out to mar- marginalized people and helping them with their physical needs as we share the gospel with them. And and the truth is, we're all just sitting here in awe of how God had desegregated yeah. our our deep South churches, you know, and put us all together. And um, and then during that time we had a, a, a beautiful worship leader who came from an African American church and, and kinda took a risk and stepped into that. And then we had a, an African American church that joined us. So it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful to see this this representation of God's kingdom. Yes, sir. And, and, and this unity in our body. You know, it, it's it's about unity.
0: Yes, sir. And I, and I, you know, one of the things, you know, with the, with the state of this nation in particular, because um, one of the most ironically comical yet sad things um, that I have recently found out, um, th- talking to a brother of mine from Canada, mm. um, and he said he had no idea. Uh, that race relations were the way they were here. Yeah, uh, and he said it's just hard for him to wrap his mind around. You know, you know, he's a, he's a minister of the gospel as well, um, and and from his standpoint, he said for America to have always championed to be the evangelist to the world. Yeah, that is really what has just really floored him, as far as. Knowing what the word of the Lord says that you know that a house divided against itself, um, and he said that was just his main concern. And so as and right. And so as as a pastor, um, as a leader, as a community leader, um, you know what what can you say to those that are listening right now to um, to help us come to terms with our role as kingdom ambassadors and kingdom citizens and not just mere American Americans if that makes uh, sense.
3: Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I, and I agree. So, and I thank you for I thank you for your voice in, in this time um, you thank know, you. I I as a child of God, I I was born again. I was bought with a price. Mm -hmm. I have a master. He bought me, he owned me. Mm -hmm. And the greatest thing that happened to me was when Christ bought me with his blood. Right. And so I, I am accountable to him and I'm responsible one day I'm going to give an account. And you you think about this, I'm responsible for my ideology. And as, as we live in this era of post truth (laughs) And in in a world called, you know, everything's relative, what happens is we're encouraged to look within to find truth. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of our perspectives and our opinions, which end up being our ideology, are based on what we feel and, you know, what we've experienced. And so I've always said, you know, emotions are real yeah they're they're very real, but they're not always true <laughs> you know I heard something in the bathroom. I think there's a big old rattlesnake and walk in, and it's like that fear's real, I'm sweating i'm my knees are shaking yeah I'm thinking I'm gonna pass out, you get in there. It's like, oh, no toothbrush fell on the floor, <laughs> you know it was real, but it wasn't true, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so when we stand before God. It's not like he didn't give us a guide, a map. Yes, he gave us his word. And so I you know, I've I've even I've had to really um submit myself to God's word because I'll watch certain things on the news and I'll see things and I'll get mad. You know, and then all of a sudden it's like, Well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, you know. <laughs> and 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 all of a sudden it's like, hold on now, hold on. What does God's word say? How should I respond as a believer? And, uh, you know, I say it's almost like we're on this merry-go-round in the playground. You ever get on one of those and get the fastest kid in the school that pushes it and you see hold on, you know, and and it seems like church in America. We're on this fast spinning merry-go-round and some people are flying off to the right. Some people are flying off to the left. And the key to staying on the merry-go-round when it's spinning fast is holding on real close to the center, right? Yeah. And, sure. and I think so many times we're guilty of taking our perspective based on our emotion and going to Scripture and trying to validate what we believe by Scripture rather than taking what we believe and submitting it to the whole Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we will allow God's word to transform the way we think it's, it's counterintuitive. It's counterculture. It's, you know, it, it seems so opposite, but his ways are not our ways, right? Yeah. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so as we can get the mind of Christ, what happens is our ideology establishes our identity, right? Yeah. So, 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 if I listen to everything and I'm, I'm walking around and, I'm, and I let my emotions determine my perspective, well, don't tell nobody this, Edmund, but I'm white. <laughs> you know, and if, if my whiteness becomes my identity in this toxic, controversial culture, all of a sudden, then I'm going to start I'm going to start defending my whiteness. I'm going to start fighting and saying, hey, hold on now just a minute. Yeah. But uh, I was born white, but then I was born again. So my identity is not in my whiteness. My identity is in Christ. Yes. And so I told our church, I said, listen, guys, I want you to erase the word minority. We don't have no minorities in our church. (laughs) We're all children of the king, you know. So so we've decided we aren't going to be people of the right. We're not going to be people of the left. We're going to be people of the above. Yes. And we're going to let God's word define what we believe. And then that defines our identity and then our identity directs our involvement right so so i will be involved in the things that i feel i'm responsible for based on who i think i am and if if, if i feel like i'm a white person losing power and privilege then my involvement would be oh i got to fight to you know keep these people in their place you know what i'm saying or the vice versa right If I feel like, man, I'm abused and this and that, and I got to fight to get them to give me, you know, I think as a believer, it's like, well, this world's not my home. I'm here on mission. I'm a pilgrim and I have people that weren't a people have now been made a people. So my people, the definition of my people for me is not about race It's about place. (laughs) It's about who's who's my people. My people are the ones that are brothers and sisters in Christ Because he's made us a people. My citizenship is in heaven. And and so I'm just here passing through and he's given me a mission. And my mission is to show his love and to share his word. And and so, you know, I think as we look at that, we consider each other better than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we come to the defense of our brothers and sisters. So your problems become my problems, Edmund. And your victories become my victories. Yes. And and I think if we look at it that way, then as a Christian, we have, you know, we have such a higher calling. And and I really believe that we can model what true unity looks like. And um, the culture we should adapt to is Christ. It's not white. Right. It's not white. It's not black. It's not Latino. It's Christ. Yes. And so we have a value at our church. We say we make soup, not salad. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's this sociological thought of the salad bowl where everybody, it's about pluralism, right? Everybody has their own identity and, and there's not this true commonality or this unity. Mm-hmm. But we coexist in this bowl of, of America, you know, and live off the economy. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the highest value now is tolerance. Mm. we try to tolerate each other rather than being unified in the past we were called a melting pot or at least that was the ideal right melting pot well i'm like well the church shouldn't be a salad bowl you know so at our church we make soup not salad (laughs) we 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 leave our uh, our cultural identity at the foot of the cross but we all add our flavor in the soup right so it's not a monolithic expression of worship it's the beauty of god's tapestry of creation to where you know white people sit there like like uh mannequins you know Mm -hmm. maybe a tear come down their face and but they don't get crazy with it you know and then uh latin latino people kind of you know they holler some scream some in church and then our brothers and sisters that are african-american boy they just get on it You know, and it's like it's beautiful that each of us can enjoy each other's cultures. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what we that's what we uh, have experienced here at the church and knowing that I have ever forever been changed, transformed and enriched by my Latino brothers and sisters embrace and by my African-American brothers and sisters embrace. And I'm not near as good without them. Right. I'm so incomplete without them. And and I think they would say the same thing. They're incomplete without each other. Uh, And I really believe that's what the church should be, that that we should just, you know, we should be representatives of Christ and we should represent the unity of his kingdom Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it's it's not that there's not obvious differences. You know, I wish I could preach as good as a, as, a, as my black preaching brothers. But man, you got you black preachers so expressive, man! I can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you hear what I'm saying. There's these cultural differences. There's these instruments that are different that God's given us. Yes, sir. And so it's not like you don't notice that. It's that you embrace it and you celebrate it. You know, but there's the commonalities, Christ.
0: That's right. And so so with everything, again, um, you know, that's going on, could you pray for those that are listening right now, pray for leadership and just just be led as you pray for those that are listening right now, um, that we will understand that, you know, I believe that, you know, people, what we refer to in Matthew 6 as the Lord's prayer. Mm. Um, I believe that is an outline for prayer. And I believe personally that personally that the prayer of the Lord in itself was when he said, I pray that they all become one. Mm. Amen. Uh, and so as we, you know, conclude today, could you just please offer a prayer uh, of unity? for those that
3: are living right now. I I would. And I would, and again, I thank you for this great honor that you've given me by being able to be Be on your show. And I would just encourage all the listeners to, I think one of the the greatest um, challenges that Christ gives us Mm -hmm. is in Hebrews 13, where it says we should suffer with those who are suffering as if we were in their body. Mm -hmm. And and I think one of the things that helps us so much is if we can lay down our strife and our own problems, right? Our fight for us, Mm -hmm. which is normal, which is normal and noble sometimes, right? But if we would be able to say, but, you know, hold on, let me put myself in the other person's place. And then knowing that that other person is my brother, is my sister, I can weep with those in, who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice, and um, I think that's where it begins, right? Yes, sir. And, and then, uh, but yeah, God's God God answers prayer, so Amen. I would love to pray for all of us. So Thank let's you, pray, Lord. We love you and and we bow before you. You are King, you are Lord, and you're not just King, you're King of Kings, and you're Lord of Lords. And so we come to you with reverence, recognizing your, your authority and we worship you and we honor you today. And Lord, I I thank you that you looked beyond my fault and you saw my need. And I thank you that in just the right time you came and you were the substitute for me and you were rich and you became poor so that through you, I might be rich. And Lord, you, you bought me and, um, and, and each of us that are your followers, Lord, you've given us so much. We thank you. And so, Lord, you see what what's going on in our community and in our society. And, Lord, you've chosen through your sovereignty that we would be in this place at this time. Yes,
6: Lord.
2: This is
3: no accident, God. And uh, you have planned good works for us before we were ever born, and we are your masterpiece. And, Lord, you've called us. To, to extend your kingdom, to be kingdom men and women. And Lord, we see in your word that your kingdom is the unity of your rich diversity of creation. And that's part of the beauty And every tongue, tribe, and nation unified before your throne, praising you. Yes. So Lord, I pray that you would protect us. You would protect our minds and that we would look to your word for our ideology, that that we would look to your word for our opinion on everything that's going on. And Lord, that you would cover our hearts with your love so that we could be people of light, but also people of love. And Lord, then I pray that you would help us to get involved, that we wouldn't sit on the sidelines. We'd understand who we are in you. And we would look for every opportunity to uh, build Bridges and to celebrate the oneness that we find in you, and uh, God, I just pray that you'd lead us and guide us, and that your church would be the image of what true community looks like. And uh, in this real dark time, God, I pray that you'd help us to shine, and that we would shine through the love that we have for one another. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for the privilege you've called it, you've given us to be called your sons and daughters. And I pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen and amen. Thank you again. That is Pastor Rusty Price of Cabido Church, Charlotte. Um, again, thank you for your humility. Thank you for your service. And thank you for um, just being a vessel um, that it, that is being effective in our community. It is, it is not going unnoticed. And again, it is truly and definitely appreciated. Uh, by me personally. So thank you again, sir.
3: Well man, I'll tell you one thing. Um you are a blessing to me and and I respect you so much. And um, I I see you and I have hair jealousy. I want I want to get my hair done like you do. I just don't know if I got the swag to rock it. But, uh, man, I can't wait to where we can fellowship again sometime soon. God bless you, my friend.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone. Again, that was Pastor Rusty, and we'll be right back after this.
5: Are you interested in promoting your church, business, or book during our show? Simply call us today at 330-362-8733. Again, that's 330-focused.
4: Are you tired of sifting through ads and online directories to find a place to call your own? Did you know you can hire a real estate agent to help
7: pinpoint the most suitable home for you and your family? Servant Heart Realty Group is here to relieve the stress of setting up viewings, as well as eliminate the frustration of finding a place only to have it off the market due to poor website management. Connect with one of our trusted real estate agents that specialize
4: in directing hundreds to their forever home. Visit Servant Heart
7: Realty Group today at ServantHeartRealtyGroup.com to learn more. It's not about selling a house. It's about genuinely helping people because when you think about it, Home is where the heart is. Hello, how's everyone doing? Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. Just want to share some amazing information with you on today about improving your financial future. We are a company that you can rely on, United Credit Education Services, We were founded in 2004, headquartered in Farmington Hills, Michigan. We provide a unique collection of services, carefully selected to provide you financial protection and opportunity. We are a completely debt-free company that has helped thousands of people, including myself. We have the same key executives since the inception of the company. So why is this more important than ever? The single biggest difference between financial success and financial failure is how well you manage your money. It's simple, you guys. To master money, you must manage money. Now catch it. I know that we weren't all taught financial literacy in school, so it takes a lot of time to change your mind and change your thinking to become financially literate. There are five shocking facts I bet you didn't know about your finances. Americans are drowning in a total of one point zero five seven trillion dollars in credit card debt. As of March 2019, 56 percent of people in the U.S. have no rainy day funds. Forty six percent of baby boomers have less than ten thousand dollars saved for retirement. 40% of millennials have spent money they didn't have just to keep up with their friends. And more than likely, they've kept it a secret. There are 43 million Americans that have a credit score of 599 or less. Listen, poor credit can fill people with anxiety, embarrassment, frustration, fear and confusion. But it's nothing to be ashamed of because it happens to great people all the time. In contrast, having a strong credit score leaves you feeling confident, excited, and abundant. Ultimately, a good credit score is going to open possibilities to create a lifestyle that you desire and you deserve. Good credit is going to make it easier to get new houses, new cars, low interest rates on credit cards and loans, higher limits, and contracts without security deposits. So we are a company that is committed to helping individuals and families build, organize and protect their financial future. We have 12 life changing products to assist you, um, which we have uh, created one complete protection plan, and it includes budgeting, credit restoration, credit building, credit attorney, credit monitoring, debt payoff financial lockbox, identity monitoring, net worth, savings goal, will and trust, and a YFL family mint, which is our scholarship program. We want to help you build your financial future. So just to give you a little insight about what these life-changing products can do for you, take a listen. Our credit restoration program is a nonprofit organization. We assist you in challenging the credit bureaus to remove inaccurate, obsolete and erroneous items from your credit report ultimately to restore your score and maximize your financial opportunities. We have a credit builder tool, which helps you um, access your credit report in an easy to understand online format to utilize our extensive financial library and resource center to assist you in increasing your financial potential. We have a credit monitoring tool. It is an interactive report, money manager and financial account alert system. So all of your online accounts in one organized place. All right. And for those difficult to remove items, you have access to a credit attorney for no additional fee. So let me share a few things with you um, that you may not understand about how your credit score is calculated. 35% of your credit score is your payment history, your on-time payments versus your delinquencies in the last 24 months. 30% 30% of your credit score is the capacity and amount old. so the percentage of credit limits available. 15% of your credit score is your length of credit, how long you've had your accounts. 10% of your credit score is new credit inquiries, the number of inquiries and new accounts opened in the last 12 to 18 months. And then the last 10% of your score is your types of credit, installment loans versus revolving loans. So you definitely want to have a mixture of credit um, being reported on time, all right? So you wanna organize your financial future with budgeting You can track your income and spending by creating a personalized budget. Listen, you guys, it's not hard to do. Our system allows you to follow your progress each month and make the necessary changes, um, you know, to come under your budget, giving you more money to enjoy, to save or to pay off your debt. We have a net worth tool where you can figure out your assets and liabilities using our quick and simple calculations just to see where you stand, all right? Our YFL Family Mint is implemented in schools across the U.S. You can now bring the Family Mint online education portal into your home to enhance your financial knowledge among the children in your life. And then last but not least, we have a debt payoff tool. You can create a financial plan that will give you the exact payment guide to eliminate your debt quicker than you expected and save you from unnecessary interest payments. All right. We do have a few other features um, in regards to identity monitoring. Um, We use InfoArmor, who leads in identity uh, protection in this industry. All right. We're going to help you uh, monitor and alert you at the first sign of fraud and fully restore your identity. We do have a will and trust uh, product or service where you can protect your loved ones um, by preparing your will and trust documents as you would in an attorney's office. But from the comfort of your own home, you can maintain your membership and changes can be made at any time cost free. Our financial lockbox is a roadmap uh, for your financial contacts and information in one central. Online location that can be accessed at any time. All right. It can be personalized to forward to a contact of your choice in case of an emergency. So you no longer have to look for um, your important information under the mattress or, you know, in a lockbox stored away somewhere in the attic. You actually will have an online. Access to a financial lockbox. And then our savings goal, which is amazing. It is the best way to reach a goal by setting it. Our savings goal system allows you to create multiple goals. You decide when and how you achieve those goals. Isn't that great? All right. We have something that is called Shop for Less. All right. We're in a time where people are shopping online every day. And so Shop for Less is exclusively for our UCES members. You can earn an average of 5.4% cash back on every single purchase at over 260 national retailers, restaurants, and travel brands. So you definitely want to check this out, right? We're going to give you a roadmap to success and the best way to reach Um, your goal or the best way to navigate through this roadmap is to simply get started by activating your credit restoration services. You're going to watch for your dispute letters and follow the enclosed instructions and directions to improve your credit score. All right. Uh, Step two is going to begin smart credit. You're going to monitor your credit activity and watch for alerts regarding changes in your credit And then you're also going to set up your identity monitoring uh, service. And so we have it all laid out for you uh, month one, months two through three. We're not just going to enroll you and just leave you out there to figure it out. But we do have a roadmap to success. You can keep track of everything through your back office dashboard and the free UCESPP app. It is available um, on Apple as well as on Google Play. So what you want to do is take control of your financial future today. Today, today, today is a great day to get started. For one-time setup fee and first month included is $188. You can't beat it. And then thereafter, there is an $89 monthly subscription fee with no contract. This is going to give you access to all of the 12 products that I previously mentioned. We also have a customer referral program that's going to give you the opportunity to get your protection plan for free. Free, free, free. All you have to do is recommend potential new customers to your enrolling agent. If five of your referrals enroll, you may get your next month's services for free. All right. Talk about word of mouth referrals. The best way to get your services for free is to recommend um, these products and services. Recommend our protection plan to your family and friends so that they can get on their road to financial Freedom. Partner with the company that gives back. Our youth financial literacy, which is the YFL Family Mint, provides financial literacy lessons to schools across the United States. Educate students in the fifth through ninth grade on matters of personal finance. Two dollars from each monthly protection plan payment supports educational programs and scholarships so talk about giving back you got it all of this from one place All right. Here are what some of our customers have had to say in regards to our protection plan. Debbie from South Carolina says, thank you for your excellent service you provide over and over again to the customers. I feel so glad and proud to be a part of this company. Your customer service is superb and consistent. Keep up the good work. Jared in New Jersey says this credit restoration program is doing great things for us. Thank you. We went up over 150 points within six weeks. I've been telling all of my family and friends about this program because it truly works. Now, let me share my personal testimony with you how credit and confidence is directly connected. Listen, I used to be one of those people who would just apply for a store credit card just to get the 20% off of my purchase, knowing good and well that I wasn't going to get approved, but desperately wanted that 20% off of my purchase, so I would apply knowing that I'm just going to get a letter in the mail to tell me that the delinquencies on my credit is what helped them make the decision to not extend me credit. Well, let me tell you something. I kicked desperation to the curb. I made a decision to look out for my financial future by starting with this amazing company. I would have you know that my credit score has gone up over 112 points, and counting to date. My confidence is soaring through the roof. I am just at ease and I am amazed that I was able to take my son to the car lot and get him a car, the car that he wanted with zero money down, a 7% interest rate and a car payment of less than $300 per month. You wanna talk about what good credit can do for you? Listen, you wanna have a testimony. You need to get started today. It's not about bad credit, but it's about improving your financial future. Listen, I thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share confidence and credit with you on today. If you are interested, listen, in improving your confidence and improving your credit score, text me or call me at 912-712-6678. I'm gonna repeat it again, 912-712-6678. I would love to connect with you today and get you started on your road to financial freedom this is pastor shannon with confidence and credit and we'll talk to you soon god bless
6: and now for your midday momentum
1: choice of your color
2: Mm. now could you tell me what it would be red yellow
1: brown white or almond yes transparent would work so good for me
2: Uh, and it doesn't matter the color of your skin What matters is your heart, your soul, and your spirit down within What if we were colorblind, yeah What if we were
1: colorblind What hatred remain How would we begin
2: To heal the wounds inside
0: of racism
2: that has gone our lives what if we were what called the blind what if we were called the blind? blind could i be your neighbor, be man? neighbor? We, we could, could play, play golf off and, and be, friends. be friends and leave the past behind
4: colorblind she stood at the bus stop waiting patient no while the neighbors passed her by and at six years old she really couldn't understand no 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 while some of them turned and rolled
2: their eyes. Oh.
4: Listen, i was
1: crushed by the moment when Janet turned and said, Daddy,
2: why? I tried to change the subject But the pain remained deep down inside oh, What yeah, if
4: yeah. we were colorblind? How if we were oh. colorblind? Could I be your neighbor then? Oh, yes. We could fellowship and be friends And treat each other like
1: Colorblind
2: oh. mm-hmm. oh. Hate you never
4: oh. hurts Hate you never the hurts one uh. being hated And when you treat me bad I start to feel violated I uh, oh. lost oh.
2: myself in And pray. And pray. Anyway. She will kill the Colorblind.
0: That was the song entitled Colorblind, which, if you didn't know it, it couldn't put the pieces together, which is the reason why this episode is titled. Uh, the same name, uh, thank God for pastor John P. Key, a true prophetic voice in a time such as this. And that song was written, I'm going to say at least 20 years ago, and the words are still relevant to today's culture and frame as far as what is going on today for today's midday momentum. I just want to point out several things before, uh, concluding today's show, um, I want to just remind you as the believer that God does care how we treat each other. Um, We were all created. We were all created in his image and in his likeness. Um, You can find that scripture in Genesis chapter one, I believe around verses um, 26 or 27. And it's with that thought that we have to understand that he makes no distinction between the inherent value of one race or ethnicity over another. I'm going to go through several scripture references today. And so if you have some, uh, some paper and a pen, write them down, r- read them. Um, because whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, uh, again, racism is our job to deal with, to handle and to eradicate as the believer. Um, and so number one, um, I want you to know that God does care about people regardless of their ethnicity, their nationality, or their social status. Uh, the scripture reference from that is in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 17 through 19. Uh, the next thing I want you to know is that God does not show favoritism, but he accepts all of us from every nation. He accepts everyone who fears him and does what is right according to his word. Uh, that scripture reference is Acts chapter 10. Verses thirty-four and thirty-five. Uh, next, I want you to know that we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. That's First Corinthians uh, chapter twelve, verse thirteen. Uh, the next is um, coming from James chapter two, uh, verse nine. That if you show favoritism, you sin. And are convicted by the law as lawbreakers, and so it it, it serves to us today that uh, uh, we are very careful when showing favoritism. And I want to go a step further and to say not only favoritism as far as race or race relations are concerned, uh, but favoritism as far as uh, what we do for people, as far as especially in the area of evangelism. I have always taught in doing ev- when doing evangelism uh, workshops is that one of the sad truths about our culture is that if they don't look like us, then we rarely reach out to talk to them concerning the love of God and, and our personal encounter with Christ. And so that's, that's it is as if we favor one over the other. And so that's a barrier that we have to break down culturally um, because when when the Lord said, go ye therefore into all the world, that is literally saying uh, Make sure you witness to those who don't look like you, who don't talk like you. And I know right now some some may say, well, um, but I don't speak uh, um, a different language. Well, guess what? You know someone who does. And that's why it's going to take us to proactively take a stance to try to get to learn and to know each other. The next thing is uh, coming from Revelation uh, chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. And... um, where the word talks about the age to come, um, because the word here in the word here we see a heavenly picture of a great multitude that no one could number, and that number or that multitude was compiled of people from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb and so again i'm I'm saying this to to make it clear, no one race owns. <laughs> owns God. He 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 is the Lord of all. He is the God for all. Um, and so we have we have to very be very careful in, in how we even reach out to one another. Uh, you know, in the school system or not the school system, but I believe it was President George W. Bush um, who made the statement of uh, "No Child Left Behind." And so that's the mentality of the church that we have to adopt: that no soul. Be left behind. Um, and so ask yourself this question: Am I doing all that I can to witness to my brothers and sisters all across the board to make sure that they know the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus? Uh, the next thing is I want you to know that Jesus removes hostility and he then introduces harmony. That scripture reference can be found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. And lastly, I want to remind you and to reinforce that our God, Jehovah Elohim El Shaddai, is not a God of separation. He is a God of inclusion and unity. And Jesus made it very clear that because he came, he made it possible for anyone to be included in the people and the promises of God. And for that scripture reference, you can look up Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 if you don't uh, realize it, is that the whole purpose of Christ was to reconcile man back unto God. Uh, God is a God of reconciliation, and the gospel at its core is a message of reconciliation. God brings peace where there was once strife and kindness where there was once animosity. He's done it with us, and I know that he can do it between us and our neighbors, whether black, white, Latino, or otherwise. At the end of the day, if you belong to Jesus, you are a part of the greatest movement to ever exist, and that movement is to bring reconciliation between people and their God. We are his representatives. That's right. We are his ambassadors. And we have been graced and given uh, a huge opportunity to share how the life-changing message of the gospel creates a healthy relationship with God. And guess what? Those healthy relationships or that healthy relationship with the Father will be displayed with our relationship with each other, no matter who you are. And so remember that our job, your job, and my job As we learn to follow Christ step by step, includes reconciliation because the message of Jesus is that we all belong to God together. No separation, no differences in status or in worth. There's a song entitled Bleed the Same by Mandisa. And it says that the words of the song are also powerful. And asks the question that since we all believe the same, why are we divided? And so it's time for us to press past the division. It's time for us to press past the divisiveness that we see in politics. It's time for us to push back. And, and let me just be perfectly clear here. If you can't recognize that the world system and those things that feed into the world systems are all about division and chaos. Then ask the Lord to remove whatever scales are before your eyes. Ask Him to, to reveal the thing that's hidden. Because it's not one political party that's behind the division. It's not one group, group, or ethnicity, uh, ethnic group or or race that's behind the division. it's He's called the adversary, the devil. Satan himself is behind the division that we witness today. And if we don't learn to attack it from that standpoint, we will never learn to stop attacking each other. God detests hate. God detests prejudice on all levels. Again, Our God is a God of love. And so make sure you find yourself operating in a sense that you become colorblind. That you witness to each each and every individual as a human being. As a soul. Not talking to people as if you're talking to a black man or a white man. No, I'm talking to a person, a human being. So, and when it's all said and done, if you really listen to some some of the protests that are going on today, that's all it's about. It's about just being acknowledged as a human being. Some people may say, well, equal rights or equality. Well, what's that talking about, to, in my opinion? I can't speak for everyone else, but in my personal opinion, it's about just being respected that you know that I have a right to live. I have a right to fulfill the destiny that God has called me to. We'll be right back after this.
6: I want to say something to everyone in a spirit of humility, a spirit of meekness, and a spirit of Christ-like love there's chaos and calamity in the world and there's so much hurt and distrust when police are killed we need to say something when black boys are killed we need to say something and when we don't say something we're saying something we have the spirit of redemption when we speak at our concerts and our churches i beg of you Let's ask the people that we are accountable to stand in front of to pray with us for healing.
2: We all bleed the same. We're more beautiful when we come together. We all bleed the same. So tell me why, tell me why we're divided. Woke up another innocent life is taken in the name of hatred so hard to take and if we think that it's all good then we're
4: mistaken because my heart is
5: Thanks for joining us this week on the Stay Focused Radio Show with Dr. E.C. Brown, your Kingdom Heart Specialist. Make sure to visit our website, www.edmundcbrown.org, where you can subscribe to the show as well as find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast, TuneIn, Anchor, FM and iHeart Radio so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on all platforms that you listen to us, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you liked this show you might want to check out the book that started it all entitled, Stay Focused, The Mandate to Manifest Spiritual Maturity Now, by Dr. Edmund C. Brown. Dr. E. C. Brown is available for bookings concerning mentorship, private coaching, or workshop clinician to help you and your staff navigate through today's current climate. Simply contact us at 330-FOCUSED, that's 330 362 Thanks again for joining us and remember to stay focused as we advance the kingdom of heaven, one listener at a time. Stay focused your life, right, stay on-